You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSC has closed its doors for another day, so it's time for the five o'clock shadow. And as always on a Tuesday, it's the Doubleheader Dream Team edition. And tonight I'm speaking to Viv Govender from Rand Swiss and David Shapiro from Sassfin Securities, both from Johannesburg. And Viv, as you're the least frequent contributor to the show, I'm going to have to come up with the following names under the heading results. Kumba Iron Ore down 0.8%, BHP down 2%, CUP down 3.9%, Aveng up 12%, Agcock up 1%, Motus down 5.5%, Sassel <laughs> down 4 and 3 quarters percent, Supergroup up half a percent. Super Tuesday. And on the trading statement side, Sabanya Stillwater down 5 and a third percent, and Tiger Brands up two thirds of a percent. Viv, we can't go through all these things. Why they lump them all into this day, I don't know. But would you like to cherry pick the results before we go to David, please? I would like to talk about Kumba and their experiences with our sort of African infrastructure. Uh, they talked about basically uh, the, the issues with rail. Uh, uh, basically, trying to get stuff to the uh, ports uh, is difficult. And I remember I, I spoke about a couple of weeks ago with you guys about one of my clients who works for a certain company out there that I will not name. Okay. And he was saying that uh, basically he was having real difficulty transporting stuff uh, offshore. And he was actually basically finding it uh, difficult to even book uh, you know, ships to take it because uh, they would come, they would wait at the port and he wouldn't arrive because of uh, cable theft and other issues. And he was being labeled as a, well, the company was being labeled as a, uh, an unreliable shipper. And it's a massive company. It's one of the biggest companies in Africa. Uh, could not basically, uh, you know, assure that there's going to be a ship at the port or be, be assured that they're going to get the stuff to the port in time for the ship. Uh, and that is an issue, I think, that we need to be understanding going forward. The, the stuff happening at Transnet, yes, it's irritating with the electricity and so on. But Transnet is the little, you know, is the literal arteries of the country. Uh, if you can't transport things around this place, and the numbers I've seen coming through with regards to the drop in the amount of cargo being transported on Transnet is, is absolutely terrifying. The number... People keep on increasing, but the amount of stuff being transported actually is plummeting to absolutely incredible levels. Uh, and I think that's another issue that we often overlook when we just get overlooked, you know, wound by the electricity crisis. Okay, let me just put this into basic layman's terms now. We've got a great company called Kumba Iron Ore, which is part of the Anglo-American stable. They dig iron ore out of the ground. Uh, the iron ore price is elevated to the point where they're making an absolute fortune on paper. But unfortunately, on paper, there's the transport links and the not only the rail and everything else, but the shipping to China because China loves Kumba Iron Ore because of its high quality grade. If everything was fine, if this was a working country infrastructure wise, and this company didn't have its own internal problems, the share price would be considerably elevated from its current level, Viv. Oh, yes, most certainly. I mean, uh, they've increased, uh, oh, so they, they've seen that a drop in iron ore sent uh, via the ports and a massive buildup at their mines because they can't send the stuff out quickly enough. And that's actually limiting for the production. That's like from their statement. Uh, that is the, uh, the, an incredible, uh, you know, statement to come through. Mm. Uh, the, the, the stockpiles are up 28%. The amount they're sending to the export market is down 9%. And that's entirely out of their hands. They can't build the railway networks. They can't control the ports. Uh, that is an entire, like, that's entirely in the hands of government. Uh, and uh, they actually came out and said that they basically need the private sector to step up and try and do something. I don't think that's possible in South Africa. I mean, not, if the private sector could or was willing to do it, quite frankly, the... Um, the government would allow it because, I mean, you know, apparently one of the issues with ESCOM at the moment is that, you know, if you had to go and get uh, ESCOM fixed, there'd be too many like pigs at the trough that couldn't get fed. 
And, uh, <laughs> and unless someone's willing to take over the bacon, uh, that's not going to be allowed to happen. And, and that's exactly the same thing with the. I mean, we don't buy like the, the, the wrong uh, locomotives. You don't have hundreds of kilometers of copper theft happening. I mean, that's industrial level theft. It's like insane. You should be the cops couldn't identify where hundreds of kilometers of, of, of copper is being exported. That's madness. Okay, so that's Kumbh for us. I won't ask you where you're positioned or where, or where you would be positioned because it seems as though <laughs> it seems as though I would imagine you would at best say I'm sitting on the fence at the moment, Lindsay. David, <laughs> David, if you'd like to comment on uh, comment on Kumba, fine. If not, do you want to talk about anything else? Do you want to talk about Sassel or Supergroup? Or which one? Which well, one stood out for you today, good or bad? I, I did a. Uh... There were others that stood out as well in terms of the same issues that uh, Viv is raising. But I think what the, what the concern is over and above that is that if you look at Kumba's earnings, if you look at Engo Platts yesterday, yeah. if we look at Sabanya um, today, all of these, as well as to an extent Sassel, because remember they're being taxed locally, you know, they're being taxed at home. Um, profits are down. That means less tax collections. So, um, you know, all that, all that the, the transnet issues are doing are just exacerbating the issues. So we're in, we're in a quite a dire position when you actually put the numbers together. But, um, you know, it's, 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 it's a complete worry. We might not see it tomorrow, uh, when the, you know, in the budget because it's a lagging effect. You know, this hasn't been accounted yet. It's still going to come through down the line. You know, tax is always uh, a little behind. So I'm just a bit concerned there. But the one, just going on with um, with Viv's theme, the one that stood out for me as well was Tiger Brands yeah. uh, update as well, which is a manufacturer. And that's important because they just uh, had a special segment in this profit update, which is a four-month update, which just – showed the impact of load shedding, okay? So this is the cost, um, what, what uh, they, they say that it costs 250,000 Rand per day. And it says if it goes to stage six, it's 1.5 million a day. But they also had to do, what they've also had to do is they've had to support a municipality down in the Cape to ensure water supply for uh, the deciduous fruit plants. You know, so um, if they didn't help the municipality with with water supply, it would have cost them their production. You know, it's you can't hold back. You can't pick a peach. And if you don't can it straight away or go through a process, of course, you just chuck it away. But what they did say as well is that if we continue with stage six and above, they're going to need 120 million rand for generating capacity to increase diesel and water storage to mitigate the adverse impact of load shedding on municipal water supply. So why why I raise this, this is a manufacturer. You know, this is yeah. this is where it's starting to really hurt. And I know Viv's going on and I know I'm going on. But uh, we need the light bulb to light up in somebody's head because uh you know tomorrow we're gonna hear Enoch uh, giving his uh um, he's going to give his budget and he's not going to show any kind of stress. It's going to be a very balanced, optimistic sounding issue that we've got this all under control as they start to shift uh, Eskom's debt onto a government balance sheet and that. But at the end of the day, I don't give a continental stuff, excuse my language, about that. What I do care is what about uh, what, what Kumba's saying 
and what uh, Tiger Brands are saying. To me, that requires absolute urgency. We don't need ministers. We just need to bring in a whole lot of mechanics and people and that who can start getting these things fixed. You know, that, that's where I just say it drives me mad that that we just have more committees and more talking and everything. More endowments. And the load shedding goes yeah, on. Yeah, all that sort of Lindsay, thing. To put, you, to put you in the picture. Please put me six, in the picture. Uh, we, were, we, were, we were out this morning six to ten, okay, four hours. Oh, you mean you had a, a, a what they call a power cut in the real world and you called it load yeah, shedding. Yeah, listen, yeah. I'm, a, I'm okay. load shedding. I'm on, I'm on an inverter here at the moment, so. It, to be fair, it didn't affect my computer. Uh, it does affect life because you, you can't carry on normal. You can't cook on the stove and you can't, you know, the fridges go and, and all the things. But my computer mm. works. But 6 o'clock to 10 o'clock we were out, okay? Yeah. That's four hours. And then again, 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock. That's six hours so far in a, in a day. Let's say that you sleep for eight hours mm. a day. I know you're a good mm. sleeper. You sleep a little bit more because you've got you've got a clear mind. You don't have to worry about something. But if you take sixteen hours, if you okay. take if how many days? How many was well, six hours a day? You were out for so that's yeah. a quarter of twenty four hours a day. But let's say it's half of your normal day, so twelve. Hours. So it's yeah. half your waking day is unelectrified. Yeah, we've got that tomorrow as well. We warned in advance. It's the same schedule okay. tomorrow. I'm just going to quickly stay with that, you, David, because Sabanya's still watching. That gives I, you an idea. Mm. You know what I mean? That gives you a, an idea of what we're going through and the dramatic, uh, the crisis that we're actually undergoing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Before we get off this, I just want to point out one Please fact, do. right? And I, we always talk about the markets, but let us consider the people of the country. So this is yes. from the statement, yeah. right? There's the levels of inflation in the four months to, 20, to the 31st January 2023 remain the same as the end of full year 2022. 18% inflation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And this is reflected predominantly in grains portfolio as well as home and personal care. Grains are the basic foods that people survive on, right? And then later on, they talk about the fact yeah. that it's forcing people to be ever more price conscious, particularly within the basic food segment. These are all you know, simple words, but you understand what they mean mm. and the amount of pain and suffering that you're talking about being reflected in the population. And there's talk about the basket mix changing. So food is getting more expensive. The most basic segment is being affected, particularly the worst, and people are changing what they're eating. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, we may complain about certain things, but this is like, I mean, when you change people's diets, you know, uh, South Africa is not exactly the health conscious capital <laughs> of the world. They're not changing diets because they want to, but mm. people have to change what they eat uh, at, at the most basic level at the, because of the basic food segment being affected. That is a level of pain that's, 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 we don't, yeah. we don't feel, of course, obviously, but that's yeah. something that we have to take into account uh, about these numbers. It's very bland language talking about some really terrible things. Viv, you're not saying that people are changing their diets because they've read a dietary article in the newspaper or something where they think that this is healthy. It's purely about cost. If you cannot afford this type of protein, whether it be chicken versus pilchards or something like that, whether, because, whether yeah. it be samp versus uh, mealy meal, it's literally that. I cannot eat this one because I can't afford it, so therefore I'll eat this one. That's a terrible situation. Yeah, it's, it's right. It's sorghum. It's pasta. It's not even mm. meat yet. I mean, this is like stuff, literally, if you, you, you could maybe cut down your meat consumption and say, okay, whatever. But you cut it on rice consumption. I mean, where do you go from there? Mm. Mm. 
Yeah, it's terrible. Viv, I've been trying to control David into writing an article on the Platinum Group Metals production in South Africa where we have a three-quarters oh. of a percent monopoly. Mm. And, and because it's another tragic South African story where we have oh, a monopoly, oh. or almost a monopoly, and yet you get numbers out from Anglo-American Platinum yesterday that said one of the reasons we're not doing so well is because despite the fact that the RAND has helped us, we're rebuilding oh. this smelter and we got delivered subpar goods. And all their numbers, you know, when you see Anglo Platts, they put their numbers in brackets and you know that's minus. Uh, so people, I don't know, they don't see the minus sign, they see the brackets, but everybody knows that the brackets means it's less than last year. It's another tragedy. And David Sabani still wore today, today down mm -hmm. over 5%. Was it America or was it North America or was it uh, South Africa? They give the reasons, you know, one... Just on that, they just say um, in the their, their basket, they call it the 4E PGM basket. That means nothing to me. That might mean something to Viv or someone who has got a greater understanding, but that was 9% lower and also 11% uh, lower on the uh, in average dollars. Sorry, that was a Rand one in the 2E PGM basket. So uh, whatever it is, I think that answers your question that the that the overall basket for uh, you know up to the end of when was this to the end of December yeah. uh, was down. That's a big number, you know. Nine percent is a big number, and over and above that, you've got these uh, massive cost increases as well. Um, they've got a whole litany of woes there, you know. Industrial action. Uh, they also had unfortunately uh, some bad weather in Montana. That's where uh, still water is, and they had a shutdown for yeah. seven weeks. But you know, they've had that ongoing. Uh, wage negotiations in the gold sector and that, which knocked them back about three months as well. So uh, well, they, they do mention cable theft there as well as one of the issues and load shedding. Hmm. So, I mean, it's it's wherever you go, and, and that's why I went through, I try to go through the results today uh, in, in as much detail as I can, trying to pick up these issues. You know, I've got to make a talk on Friday, and uh, although I don't want to kind of harbor on it, I think one's got to be realistic about where we are and, and what companies are. Because what you heard from Viv, as far as Kumba's concerned, what you heard you know, about the inflation basket from Tiger Brands and also uh, the issues that they're finding on load shedding, um, those are much more realistic uh, accounts of what's happening here than some you know, uh, economics report or some government report. You know, this is straight from, literally from the horse's mouth, from a company that this is what it's costing us. This is what it's doing to our business. And these are major businesses in the country, major businesses on the stock exchange. Yeah, and that filters down to the wholesaler, to the retailer, every single facet of the South African yeah. economic picture. And when I say the South African economic I, uh, picture, it's the person that buys a small amount I, from a small shop. Up, right up to the company that produces it and right up to the South African Reserve Bank and to the government. It's, it's, I, I it's at every level, David. One. I must tell you, this is a level, Viv, you'll enjoy this as well, but uh, my wife, Linda, this morning went out uh, to drop her sister and she went to a place called Fiona's in Ferndale. Mm -hmm. And I don't know Fiona's, but apparently it's a massive store that sells 
everything you need if you're knitting and sewing and every you know if you're if you're a from textiles to all the different elastics to it's it's uh, so like a haberdashery those, in other words a big haberdashery but, but on a major major scale mm. and uh when my wife went past it you know she she looked and she said am i here because there were no cars in the parking lot because normally it's a vibrant market mm. um i remember when we used to go to fordsburg and shop or used to go to yeah. uh you know those areas um there were always activity around those kind of shops and there was no one there was absolutely no one there so she went inside and she saw people she said what's the problem she they said load shedding uh. she said well why load shedding she says no people don't come during load shedding they don't want to drive in the traffic they don't want to drive because it's you know it's, it's in ferndale it's a, they don't want to drive uh, on those main roads where the robots are out and they've got to stop every few seconds and look around and that because each intersection is dangerous. Yes. And now when Pick and Pay mentioned that the habits have changed, you know, they, they mentioned in their, their accounts recently, I think it was also Lewis who mentioned that people don't shop when it's load shedding. And, you know, this, was, this, this explains why. They said no, people just don't want to drive. It's very interesting. Aviv, every time I speak to a retail CEO or director, I always say, please tell me about the habits of shoppers over the last six months. Because South African shoppers, even though they may be a little bit stretched, always are very sophisticated. They look at the newspapers at the end of the month and they get those lovely, glossy, on-sale, special offer things at the end. And they have shopping clubs and they go out and they say, right, you're going to clicks, you're going to ShopRite. And they come back with these bargains and then distribute them. I'm fascinated by the retail sector, but people's habits change. And they used to change over years, Viv, but now they're changing almost month to month. Oh, yeah, most certainly. But one thing I want to point out before we leave that there, the platinum thing, right? Yeah, yeah, let's it, go It to shows that. the utter incompetence of the government. I mean, we have literally a monopoly. We have a far larger share, as South Africa alone, of the platinum market than all the OPEC countries combined have of the oil market. You know what I mean? Yeah. And South Africa alone has a bigger share. Uh, our number one competitor in the market, or number one and two, is, is Zimbabwe and Russia. Okay? So it's just to give an idea as to where we are. The idea that we do not have a government platinum board which sets a price for platinum and basically tries to offer a profit maximizing thing. Doesn't matter if it all goes to the companies or shipped to the government of the companies, but there should be a profit maximizing platinum strategy set every year or whatever. And the government promises to buy platinum above a certain price and create stockpiles of it. And it, platinum is very dense. You can just stockpile all you want in like a few like a room basically under a bank. Uh, you know, and that is something that is makes no sense as why it's not being done. But regarding the, the retail stuff, uh, look, I mean, even if it wasn't for what's happening in Africa around, you know, load shedding, et cetera, the global retail market has been disrupted. The uh, the crisis and, uh, in, uh, you know, the pandemic made people much more willing to do uh, online shopping. You know, you get the apps on the phones, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that's hanging over uh, shopping at the moment. But even without that, the trend was going in one direction. It was going more towards online for, and commoditizing. And people were basically only going to the, uh, or kind of eventually only going to the destination shopping centers where you are having entertainment and you're having, you know, some other experience behind just buying your groceries and buying your essentials. Mm. And I think mm. what's going to translate to in Africa, number one, we've totally overbuilt in terms of our shopping center. Our retail experience, uh, it makes no sense at a country our size, the number of malls we have. I mean, I live within basically <laughs> 15 minutes of gigantic malls, five of them, 
five gigantic balls, but you're 15 minutes away. Makes no sense. Uh, number one, that's, that's too many. Uh, number two, I think we're going to have one or two destination ones, and the rest are going to fall down quite dramatically. And then somebody's going to win the grocery online delivery space. It's not going to be pick and pay and shop right and spa, et cetera. There's going to be one company that wins the space because the, uh, the economies of scale when it comes to online delivery are just so strong in one direction. Look at the U.S. with, the, with Amazon. Someone's going to be the Amazon of South Africa. If not, it might be Amazon itself. Viv, when I was in London, it was a couple of years ago when online shopping was really taking off. It was already well established. There's a company in Europe and in the UK called uh, Ocado. And what Ocado does is it aggregates them all. It's, it's uh, Marks and Spencers and it's Sainsbury's and it's Waitrose and it's all the others. There's like five, six, seven of them. And they, you phone them up and you say, right, I want this basket here. And you, or you go online, rather. And uh, within two hours, it's there. And at 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night, when I'm uh, nipping back from the pub after the football match, there are these vans all over the place. I think, why are these? What's happening here? Is there some kind of incident? No, no, it's just delivery. They deliver up to, to midnight and that. Do you think that might happen, Viv, in, in South Africa? An aggregator of all the stores. Uh, David's there laughing. No, there are no lights. There are no lights on the roads. Oh, I see. Okay. But, yeah, but you have seen the little guys on the, the scooters, yeah? The little, the little, the little scooters. They, 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 they are everywhere nowadays. I mean, mm. uh, you, you literally cannot get out of your house and not see at least five or six in future five minutes. Uh, and that's happening. Uh, and I think that, look, I mean, it's going to be scooters in South Africa, not the big bands, because they need to have the ability yeah. to go around the potholes, number one. That's not making fun. You're okay. agile enough. Okay, but, well, but that's an that idea out sense. the window then. Okay. Unfortunately, <laughs> I, I think what's going to happen is, is South Africa has these big retailers, and they're all going to try to fight for the market. I think ShopRite and Pick and Pay have an advantage at the moment that Woolworths is coming about. But I don't think they they have the mindset of saying, okay, let's cooperate among ourselves, especially when our competition commission will probably come in, which I think is already investigating the whole food sector at the moment. <laughs> uh, you try and get an aggregator together with regards to delivery. Mm-hmm. And this is what the competition commission says about that. And you're basically opening yourself to Amazon, which is just entering the country at the moment. Uh, I think that this is a, a space where, yes, mm-hmm. it would make sense to aggregate, but I think legislation and other factors is going to make it difficult to happen. Okay, gentlemen, we've had quite a good rant, actually, but on very, very important subjects. And now, important subject-wise, let's go to the markets where the dollar round, the dollar Mm. has gained one and a third percent. It's um, 18.28 now. The British pound against the round is 22.09, which is uh, a 1.8% rally for the pound. Mm. The euro round has rallied 1.2% to 19.50 on the nose. Euro dollar, 106.70, which is a very slight fall for the euro and therefore strengthening in the US dollar. Gold price up four to 1838. Platinum is up $27 an ounce to 940. Palladium is up $24 an ounce to 1520. Moving on to oil now, $76.93 for West Texas crude down 1.7%. Brent crude oil down 1.4%, $82.86. Natural gas, very, very close. It's actually at a year low now. Since the invasion, oh my goodness, it's like a, a quarter, it's maybe now 20% of, of its peak. It's down 6.6% today in natural gas prices. This, I don't know what the ramifications are, but someone's writing a book about this right now, some trader or something. But anyway, yeah, coal price is down 2.2%. Okay, important now, the capital markets, the bond markets, US 10-year bond yield 12 basis points higher at 3.95%. That has been creeping up all the time, and this is disturbing. The South African 10-year bond yield, 
Yeah, it was 10.27. It's now 10.26 on the close. Mm -hmm. That is hugely impactful for interest rates. Uh, S&P 500 futures, yeah, not great. The whole situation, everything's going to one and a third percent weaker, 4,033. The S&P, David, you'll tell us why in a moment. Bitcoin, because I have to, 24,690 down 1.1%. Uh, David, tell me about the S&P. Why is it down? You you just mentioned the tenure to what three ninety three eighty yeah, yeah it is yeah that was three forty a few weeks yeah you know, it's like a half week a percent ago. so I mean the pressure is continuing on uh, on rate rises you know, the commentary and, um, and people talking about you know it's it's become quite a worry now and I think everybody's taking a step back because they're not quite sure what the Fed does next, whether it's 50 points, whether it's 25 points, or how they're going to respond. So I, I, we were expecting some volatility, and I would imagine it's going to continue. There's very little to drive the market up at the moment, having had uh, what we, you know, having had that nice rally. So, um, and also I think some of the Home Depot came out with disappointing results. I can't remember which other company came out as well. I'm going to look at them shortly, but uh, also seeing a bit of uh, downward pressure there. So, yeah, we're in that mood. You know, nobody really wants to come into the market. I'm hoping that it doesn't, you know, we don't get too much of a fallout uh, in the U.S. market that they at least hold um, at some level. But there's nothing, there's, there's no news helping them at the moment. Viv, your comment briefly on the international markets, because that's what's driving us. I'll come to the local markets in a second. But uh, uh, what do you make of this? Because I'm quite disturbed about the bond yields rising quite sharply and quite quickly. But look, I mean, PPI numbers were higher. We saw basically in January, the number came in overall year on year lower, but it was 0.5% up basically from in the month on month, which is basically translates to a, a 6% yearly rate hike, or interest rate, uh, so inflation number, which is obviously troublesome. But one point I think we should also mention before we finish off on, on this is that yeah. uh, you've seen what's happening in the same relationship between uh, the US and China now with regards to support for Russia versus, you, uh, you know, in terms of uh, providing, you know, ammunition to Russia and uh, weapons to Russia. Uh, it's the largest economy in the world, the second largest economy in the world, the largest population in the world, combining with the largest land mass in the world uh, in terms of natural resources. Uh, it's a formidable combination. It's probably still weaker than the U.S. and the West, uh, but it is a, a real ramp up. I mean, Russia has an economy that is smaller than Italy's, you know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. But if somehow the Chinese are, are deciding to basically for some reason, hooking up with the Russians, uh, you know, it's a far more formidable combination. And that's also going to result, you know, in the possibility of the dollarization with regards to China. Uh, it's going to result in possibly more sanctions on the Chinese. I mean, they've already got sanctions with regards to uh, the chip production. Uh, it's it's a really scary uptick in, in that geopolitical situation. Uh, and, you know, what can you say about that? <laughs> well, you can say a lot about it, but we haven't got time to do so. What I'm going to tell you now <laughs> is the ups and the downs on my steam-driven screen. Um, bikes. Let me just put some coal in the... Let me just put some more coal on the fire here because bites are up four and a quarter percent. <laughs> Old Mutual up. Yeah. Old Mutual, look at that, coming in with a three and a two-thirds percent rally. Alpha Min up 3.1. MC Group, 2.3 percent better. And Renet just over 2% higher. On the downside, the aforementioned Sibania Stillwater has lost nearly 5.5% today. Sassel, oh, wasn't that nearly 500 uh, rand a share at some stage? So now 279 <laughs> or, so, or something, I don't know. Mm. Down 5.25, Motors down 52 after their results. 
That was a mystery. I, yeah. I'm trying to find out why they came out because when you read, when you read Modus's numbers, everything seemed to be pointing in the right direction. I mean, they were quite upbeat, mm. and then they go down five percent. So I don't know whether there was some comment in a in the presentation that that upset anyway. Anyway, Moses oh, down. Yeah, you'll go through it as you always do, David, assiduously. And uh, process <laughs> uh, down 4.5%. Obviously, Naspes being knocked off the list because they're five above them. But uh, that's one of the reasons why. Now, Viv, any shares outside of the ones I've just read out that caught your eye today? Uh, no, I mean, I mean Aspas process is very interesting. I mean, a real cutback on that company. Uh, it's, uh, it's effectively Tencent. Again, with that China linkage, and I wonder how much of that is due to that saber rattling between the US and China. Mm-hmm. Good. David, well, I think we've been through most of them, actually. <laughs> yeah, no, City Lodge. Remember, we spoke oh, we about spoke it about yesterday. Those yesterday. Yeah. What happened? Yeah, I thought it was a pretty decent market update. I mean, things are improving, and the shares were down 9.5%, and that's off their announced yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. And and funny enough, ninety one have just increased their stake to over five percent. So hmm. they've been buying it, but I have absolutely no idea why uh, why it was knocked down this kind. You know, on on what we saw mm-hmm. yesterday. Admittedly, a trading update, but I don't think there was anything specific. And to be honest, the, the, I, I was just looking at the trade. It was steady throughout the day. You know, just steady selling until they got to this level. So I don't know who decided they've had enough. You know, or have made enough profit, whatever it is, but... um Obviously not 91. Uh, we now know where the 91 London team and other visitors will be staying, be when, staying. They fly, <laughs> when they fly to Cape Town. <laughs> Block bookings. Okay, gentlemen, David, you're the man for the indices. Give us the closing indices, please. Well, we closed down 1.28% at 7811. Uh, miners were down, as you mentioned. You know, we saw, we saw it. And... and that's against this rand of 1825. So you must understand yeah. uh, where the rand goes to 1825. I mean, it's quite a you know, quite a depreciation that we got our miners as low as they are. So the resource 10 down 3%, the uh, other resource index down 2 and 3 quarters of a percent. Financials held up slightly. The banks were up a quarter of a percent. But uh, consumers, you've been mentioning NASPERS process and so on, and also a lot of the retailers under pressure. So... Um, uh, the industrial index down 1.2%. So generally property also down. Property had a bad day as well. Um, I must actually go and re-look at it because it seems to be taking a bit of a beating now, mm. I think, with the worries about the costs that uh, buildings are going to sustain in order to get uh, uh, solar panels and generators yeah. and the cost of feeding those generators. So yeah. I must look at it again. I haven't looked at property for some time. Okay. It's a very some good point you make because they've got, to, they've got suddenly to <laughs> invent their own sustainable infrastructure yeah. in order to attract uh, tenants, whether they be retail or uh, mm. domestic, whatever it is. Anyway, gentlemen, I think today has been more interesting than tomorrow will be because we'll hear the normal <laughs> blathering from the uh, the minister. But let's, let's face it, the minister has got a really, really tough job. So good luck to him tomorrow. And we'll speak on Thursday. That was the five o'clock shadow with Viv Govender from Rand Swiss and David Shapiro from Sassfin Securities. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position, 
or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.